Hello again, and welcome to another Conversations in Noosa podcast. My name is John Caruso. Leroy Four spent six years in the Army serving in Timor. His love of discipline, Army regimentation and fitness guided him into his current career as a personal trainer. It's true that if you operate a business and you're not online, then your business or brand can only reach customers who walk in through your front door, and your reach extends only to people that you meet locally. The Fit Dad Lifestyle, created by Leroy, is an online training course which means Leroy's brand extends around the globe. We started the podcast by talking about Portland, Victoria, which is where Leroy grew up. Yeah, not too bad. It's a country town, so it's only about 10,000 people. So basically, you know, everyone is stuck in their old routine and a lot of people can't wait to get out of there because, you know, even looking back at the friends and, you know, even family that you've got down there now, it's sort of not much changes in, in that township. Once you're stuck there, if you get stuck there, it's yeah. sort of be, you know, stuck there for quite a while. I, I grew up in a small town just up the road, Bundaberg, yep. and, and there's not a lot happening in Bundy uh, these days, unfortunately. But isn't it funny, you have, um, the older you get, then you start to romanticise about where you grew up, and there's something that kind of, even though it draws, does anything draw you back to Portland at all? Not really, no. <laughs> to tell you the honest truth, that I've got the grandma there and a couple of close mates that I still keep in touch with, and unless it's a wedding or a funeral, that's the only thing that's going to get me back to that town. Yeah, right, so, nothing at all. And and even then, I'm going to question who it is. So, so. <laughs> My whole childhood, I grew up wanting to be an AFL player. So that was the only thing, you know, everything I did, whether it was at school, you know, yeah. if you're looking outside the school window at the AFL court, you know, or the field. Um, so I moved to Brisbane to play state league football as soon as I could, basically, as finished school, turned 18 and... Uh, shot up there and yeah I was sort of out of um, Portland as soon as possible and then you know once I sort of got a couple years into the state league and at that stage it was none of this you know mature age player type stuff it was if you hadn't made it by 18 19 it was sort of doomed and gloom sort of thing so I decided that I actually needed a career path and yeah joined the army from there at 19 and um, yeah spent the next six years in the army. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I joined uh, the infantry, uh, so I was based up at 2RER, which is in Townsville, uh, so I went, got to do a six-month tour of East Timor uh, in that uh, four years up in Townsville, and then they were raising a new battalion, 8-9RER, out of the Nogra in Brisbane, so always visiting the Sunshine Coast and Noosa, and uh, the family actually just moved to Noosa at that time. I thought, well, this is a great opportunity to get close to the family and friends and um, get down to Brisbane, and... One thing about Brisbane compared to Townsville is Townsville is a very big garrison city. So you you've got the short back and sides and the haircut, or you you're hanging around with ten other blokes. Like you're labelled without people knowing you as military, and you know you're not looked down upon. But you know it's it's just one of those cities where you don't you feel like everyone's looking at you because really I thought uh, there's a real a culture where they embrace the military. Because, oh, they definitely such a embrace big part it. Of, uh... But you know. I don't know. It's it's weird to say, probably, unless you are actually, yeah, you know, a part of it. And you know, you go out in town and like everyone's military. You can you look around all the different groups or playing footy. And I don't know. I just didn't really get that. You know, you had that brotherhood and that really close knit community with the people that you're with. But then knowing that there was ten, twenty thousand other people in town in the same boat, I just sort of 
wanted to get down to a bigger city and just sort of blend back into normality and you know you could hang out with 10 blokes down in brisbane or come up to the sunny coast and go yeah. surfing on the weekend and you know just sort of blend into normality knock off work at four o'clock and yeah yeah, just become normal again. Six years, Leroy? Yeah, six years. So I actually uh, hurt my back on the cutter course, so the SAS course over in Perth, um, and I got a medical discharge um, due to that. Yeah. So, yeah. But you went to Timor. What, did, what was your duty over there? What did you have to do over there? Yeah, so basically just a peacekeeping force. Um, so the government was still um, you know, all over the shop, and there was an assassination attempt on, I think it was President Ronaldo at the time as well. So we were basically there as like a stabilisation peacekeeping force just to sort of patrol the streets and, you know, um, just just ensure that no one was really yeah. getting up too much mischief and, um, you know, just sort of provide that support to the East Timor government. How do you reflect on those six years? Yeah, mate, it was probably the one of the best six years, you know, life, like, I've got a love for fitness, obviously, um, and mateship. It, it was very similar to that of a footy environment that I've come with. Every morning you rock up to work at 7.30, you've got an hour and a half PT and, and breakfast included in that timing. So you're in the train every day, you're playing a sport you know, every afternoon, you're with the boys. So it was like a footy club environment where you're with 30 other blokes that are in your platoon at any one time. So, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good environment. Like you'd play hard you know on the weekends you'd go drinking beers with the boys and having all that but then also you'd work hard you know during the week and you know i've still now got some you know lifelong friends um, from those different units that you know you'll be friends with forever just because of the stuff that you've been through yeah i asked andy fermo this andy uh, did two tours of uh, of afghanistan he was a commander over then he's got a couple of kids you, you got a couple of kids yeah you got a couple of kids if they said to you uh i want to join join the military what what would your advice to them be yeah 100 percent. go yeah. for it um I, I joined the infantry so if i could go back again or give advice to my kids or anyone else it would be have a look at the different career paths in there like it's all good to join as a soldier i guess but when you get out after four years, six years, ten years, or whatever the case may be, there's not much in the in the face of a career path or a trade or qualifications kind that you actually come you out. out with. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people sort of do four years, six years, and you know have all these amazing skills, but they're not transparent to the civilian industry. So, whether that was a trade, whether it was you know a craft or something in there that you could then transfer to civilian life, I think that would be definitely something to look at or or even the university you know becoming an officer and doing the university side of things that ever crossed your mind not not during it you know you sort of look back and go you know well i was going to do the four years you know minimum service anyway you know i ended up doing six which if you join as an officer one you get university paid for but it's a six years return of service um obligation so you know you get a uni course out of it plus you do the basically the same thing anyway so Um, in hindsight, it's good to look back upon, but you did the six yeah, years anyway. Did the six years, yeah. Um, is there a lot of support for um, once you get out of the army or the or, or the military, whether it's the navy, the air force? Is there much support for ex army or vet vets that have returned from Timor or uh, Afghanistan? Yeah, and- look, it's there is support out there. Um, there's plenty of different organizations and plenty of different you know non-profits and um you know department of veteran affairs and all this kind of stuff um i hear especially for vets that have been injured it can be a struggle yeah it can be a struggle it's just the bureaucracy and i guess the paperwork that's required to go with everything like everything's documented throughout your service but then when you get out you know you're going to different 
civilian doctors and you go into different you know um medicos and all this kind of stuff who might not be familiar with you know what you've done or what you've may have seen or the injuries yeah. you've had especially those people that have been to the middle east and you know, may have been blown up and this and that so and a, and a lot of vets are very hesitant to actually speak about a lot of things as well so here they are on one side needing all the support they can get but two not really willing to open up too much and feeling yeah. like they've been spat out the other side so they become sort of stuck in the middle and you know, no one really benefits. Yeah. From it. Did you have anybody in your family that that was part of the military? Not directly. I got a couple of cousins, and um, my auntie was in the uh, navy as well. So. Yeah. I know you said you uh, still catch up with a couple of mates uh, who who were ex soldiers or former soldiers. Are there any people though that you still, on a regular basis, catch up with that were kind of uh, in in your your troop or your platoon, or that you still kind of have a regular? Yeah, definitely. I was actually just on the phone on the drive out here then to um, one of the mates I served with, Brisbane. Yeah, people that you served um, with. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of, probably about five or six of the guys I served with have taken, I guess, similar entrepreneurial journey to me and starting up different products or businesses and that. And we always use each other as a sounding board and we've got group, you know, texts going on WhatsApp and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's pretty good. I think social media definitely helps. Yeah. Keep each each other in uh, touch. Well, let's talk about what you have done uh, post military. So six years served in Timor. Yeah, um, come out the other side. You, you mentioned that you loved the, the the regimentation and the, the the discipline of army life and the training. While you were in in the army, did you, did you have thoughts of, of business, entrepreneurial kind of path that you, you wanted to follow or do? Not really, mate. I I planned to probably be in the army another ten years before injuring my back. So that sort of put. Uh, forced you out forced me out um i was lucky enough when we were in timor we did have a bit of downtime so i studied the first half of an online personal training course whilst i was over there and then i finished the rest off at the campus um back in brisbane when when we got home but yeah so that was sort of the only qualification i really had behind me so my wife she was from noosa and i was down in brisbane at the time so when i knew that i was i was leaving the army i decided that well, that's the only thing I've really got behind me. Um, at the time with my injuries, I wasn't really suited to go do labouring or you know, I didn't have really a, a trade or a skill set to really venture into anything else. So we decided that you know, we'd um, transfer that you know, fitness and that you know, discipline from the military and we started Boot Camp Noosa in 2011 yeah. um, and ran that for the next six years. So I reckon in that time we probably trained about 3000 people or wow. locals around town and yeah. probably did about 3000 classes as well so how tough was some of the gym to turn over those tractor tires yeah we had all, all the tractor kind of tires stuff. all that good stuff stretcher carries ammo boxes um yeah ammo nah. boxes yeah it was yeah, we had it all so yeah. um no. and then did that evolve into the, the fit dad program that you have yeah so obviously you know, it was very taxing. So I sold the business a couple of years ago okay. um, now. And I I always wanted to get into the online space because we've got a love of passion. Like we had another company called International Fitness Holidays. So we'd take groups to Bali, Thailand, Everest Space Camp and do like retreats around the world. So, um, you know, we always had this passion for travel, but we still need that income from the training side of things. So we thought, well, you know, the online training scene was sort of picking up and we had a couple of close mates who were in the industry that were doing quite well as well. So How we does thought, that work, online training? Yeah, so basically we got an iPhone app. Yes. Um, 
and that's where all the training comes from. So we give them all their different training programs based on all their goals from that. And then we've got a Facebook group. So we've got a couple of thousand uh, dads in the group there from all around the world. And that's our support network and community. Um, and we basically just talk to people through Skype or WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger or whatever, email and stuff like that. And um, yeah, just work with them with their goal setting and, you know, reverse engineering those goals and their why, their purpose and all that kind of good stuff. So. And, and they stick to it? Like, well, once they've uh, there's a tart, they tick it off on the app or whatever. And yeah, look, pre- it's it's not as, you know, because you're not in their face at all times, they well, can that, get that's complacent. Isn't, isn't and, an element of, of, of PT, you, you know, the, the push? Yeah. You know, and how do you do that with uh, online? Yeah, well, we, we are niched in, the obviously, the father market. So the biggest thing that we face with dads is not having enough time. You know, they don't have enough time to, you know, do 30 minutes of training a day or... You know, they're stressed out from work and all this kind of stuff. So the biggest thing that we have to try and work on is one, first developing, you know, that timeline and the time management skills to realize that, you know, even though they tell me they've got no time, they've probably scrolled five hours on Instagram or Facebook that week or, you know, instead of furthering their learning, you know, they listen to rock CDs in the car, like instead of a podcast or, you know, a ebook or something like that. Yeah. So it's just about working out, you know, we give them a exercise when they first sign up with us and for the first week they document everything they do, good, bad or otherwise, and then sit with them or, you know, via Skype or something at the end of that week and go, look, you, you told me you've got no time but you've 168 hours in a week. It's your diary. You know, yeah, exactly. You've got <laughs> five hours on Netflix here. You spent three hours on the toilet. You know, you've got 10 hours, you know, on Facebook or Instagram, you know, you or whatever. quicker. Yeah, exactly. Or do both at the same time. Faster. I don't know. So... Uh, um, and just open them up to the fact that, you know, you have got time. Everyone's got time. Yeah, up. Yeah. We've got busy They're excuses people make. Exactly. I'm, I make those excuses. Yeah. I, and don't, I don't have any time. What it comes down to is their why or their purpose to, you know, what they wanted to do or their goals aren't strong enough. You yeah. know, it's, it's all good to say that we're going to do it for our kids, but the kids are following your example, you know, not what you're actually telling them. So, yeah. Is it dietary as well? Yeah, definitely dietary. Uh, so we work with a nutritionist who does all our uh, dietary guidelines. It's it's hard. We don't typically give out strict meal plans because, you know, what we find is a lot of the dads we deal with aren't the ones doing the cooking in the family and because they are working all these extra hours and doing all these different activities. So giving them a strict meal plan doesn't really help the whole situation because the rest of the family doesn't want to have, you know, that strict plan whatever that may be so we sort of just work on our 80 20 principle of 80 percent you know healthy and 20 percent you know enjoy if you want a beer or if you want that bit of chocolate or pizza on the weekend with the boys or yeah. whatever it is then do that but we 80 percent of the week we're going to be you know within those certain calories and sticking to the right sort of stuff plug the app and the uh the podcast yeah so it's just the fit that lifestyle the fit dad Lifestyle. lifestyle that's the name yep. of the podcast as well yeah that's the name of the podcast so on all the socials it's just the fit dad lifestyle and podcast as well and yeah you mentioned a holiday but you mentioned that you take people to or you've taken people to the aerospace camp aerospace camp yeah Where, where's that uh in nepal oh the everest so now yeah, i thought you camp. said aerospace no and no I was like, what everest really yeah. like the gravity free stuff and i was like wow that'd be cool <laughs> yeah, too it would be cool no the everest but base camp, everest yeah. Base camp. Yeah. yeah so did you uh did you ascend no, not to Everest, just to the base camp. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, it's about a fourteen day trek uh, return. So, yeah, it's not too bad. It's um, we've probably taken about fifty or sixty people there over the years, yeah. and um, yeah, it's a pretty good experience. One of those bucket list items that people like to tick off. Yeah, 
You mentioned travel. You like to travel. Where else, where else have you been? Mate, we spent six weeks in America last year. We had an RV and just cruised around and Where'd went you down go? to Route 66. Yeah, we did a little bit of it, not the whole thing. Um, basically, I think we were California, Arizona, uh, Utah, like just sort of that yeah. south, that southwest sort of uh, region. Uh, yeah. We went down to Mexico for a bit as well. Uh, we just spent a couple of weeks in Queenstown last month. Yeah, we Bali, Thailand. We're always back and forth over there a couple of times a year, and um, I've been in Noosa for eight or nine years. And when I drive down Hastings Street, it still feels like I'm on holidays. You know, it still brings me back to that yeah. feeling of when I come. I get up that every time I sit on the beach. I think it's a mini holiday. Yeah, you exactly. Like you sort of, or you sit at the surf club and have lunch and a beer, and you go, <laughs> you know, isn't this just one of the most amazing places yeah. in the world? And yeah, you know, we, we've talked about you know traveling, even moving, you know, over to Bali or Thailand or something like that. And I don't know, there's something about Noosa that keeps drawing you back and. You know, it's, For me, it's the environment. It's it's always pristine. Like it doesn't matter where you get. You can see the most beautiful, stunning things in the world, whether you go to Thailand or wherever or Europe. Yep. Um, but I, I can't get over the looking in waterways and seeing plastic bottles and yeah. coming back home and going. You know what? We're, it's it's the gratefulness of yep. going. We live in a place that's environmentally pristine. Yeah, definitely. I know we could do better, but it, you know what I mean. It's it's like. That appreciation of where you live. Do you yeah. think you'll you'll uh, you ever envisage envisage a time when you you might leave Noosa? Yeah, I, p- I probably think we will at some stage, um, whether that's in the near future or you know a couple of years away. Our eldest boy, he's only five, so he's in prep at the moment. Yeah. So you know, how do got- you travel with kids? That's the one thing I've got a ten year old. Yeah, and it seems to be your life then, and even like with you know dads and exercise plans. Yeah, your life really revolves. Around the school drop-off and the school pickup and the extracurricular activities and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, we, we've always done it. You know, we were lucky with the the fitness holiday business that we could they've been travelling yeah. with us since you know basically a couple of months old. So we're sort of under the impression that it's only prep as well at the moment. Like yeah. he's learning so much more from the different cultures and the different places that we're being. You know, that other kids aren't, um, and you know what they are missing out on maybe you know, learning via, you know, your numbers or words or alphabet and stuff like that. We're actively, you know, trying to do that. And there's a heap of good uh, apps out there, educational apps and stuff on the iPad that we sort of try and get involved with. But, you know, to tell you the truth, I I think travel, even when we traveled as youngster, you know, around Europe, like... It's a great educator. There's no no question about that, yeah. Do you see much more growth for for the business, for the app and for what you're doing with the the online uh, Fit Dad yeah, so we're only basically just launching now, to right. tell you the truth. So we've spent the last 18 months building up. I've been a big, avid Gary V fan um, for for quite a while, and he's quite big in that entrepreneurial space and early stage, you know, Facebook investor and all that kind of stuff. And I went to a couple of his seminars, and he, he has this book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. Um, and... It's one of those things I've sort of implemented into the business where for the last 12 or 18 months, I was I was all right with a couple of, you know, some work that I've done and selling the business that I had a bit of money that I could just sit back and just build, build, build and grow out these businesses. So, you know, the Fit Dad lifestyle page is close to 20,000 now. The group's got over 2,000 dads in it. The podcast is, you know, huge amount of streams as well. So it's now that we're launching a 20-day kickstart so we've got a 110 page ebook uh the online coaching thus far has just been organic people reaching out to us um and in the next 
six weeks we're launching our own supplement range and clothing range as well so it's been all about building that community and building that rapport trust and you know giving a lot more than what we've been yeah. um, returning and then you oversee to... all of that stuff like the fitness book and everything yeah so i i'm a bit i get i don't know if it's ocd but it's um I do everything from the podcast to uploading it, editing, you know, all our videos, the droning, uh, like flying the drone, um, building the website. I have a hard time of outsourcing stuff. I have not been burned in the past, but nothing's ever as good as if you it's your baby. It. My wife's like that with the magazine. Yeah. If it's your baby, it's your project. Yeah, exactly. So I've recently just hired a social media, uh, Lucy. So she's been, you know, working with me now doing all the social media stuff, which is actually you know, a blessing because it's probably taking five to 10 hours off me a week that yeah. I would have been putting into, you know, building stuff or scheduling posts. You're busy. And, what do you do to relax? Surf? Um, I try to surf. I can stand up and that's about it. Um, fall off pretty quick. Um, yeah, I, I go to the gym. So I started up another group fitness business called Harton um, in town. So I do that 10 classes a week. Um, I go to the gym at 3.30 every morning just to get that over and done with. At what time? 3.30. 3.30. Yeah, I just like to you know do it as soon as I wake. And because I run the class at 5.30, I figure I'll just get it over and done with. And um, I don't know. I, I, you know, we travel quite a bit. And, yeah. you know, I think a lot of the like relaxing, you know, I, I enjoy this creative side and this yeah. building out and, you know, interacting with the community and stuff like that. Um, it feels like a full-time job and sometimes you get those notifications on screen time on your phone and go, oh no, how have I just spent that many hours on my phone this week? But when everything's... Is there there's a notification that tells you how much time Yeah, you there's your- this new app on your iPhone which tells you screen time and what apps you're spending you know, so much time on and it's it's daunting. It's very wow. confronting sometimes. Well, there's, but- there's also that old adage of uh, if you do something that you love for a living, then you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah And this is something that we can take if we go, you know, caravanning around the country or go over to Bali for an extended period of time, like we can still maintain this lifestyle and this yeah, work yeah, yeah. wherever we are. Yeah. So, thank you, Matt. I really appreciate you sharing some of your um, your thoughts with us and the, the business ideas and all that kind of stuff. There's a, a whole uh, more to you that, that we, we're not really going to get into either, but um, it, you're squeezing every every bit out of life. That's great. Yeah, definitely. good on you, Leroy. No worries. Appreciate it. Thank you. Leroy Four was my guest today in Conversations in Noosa. I hope you enjoyed that. If you did, please feel free to share it about on your social media networks. Until next time, take care.